0: So today, yes, we are, like I said, journeying through our stewardship season and for our final Sunday in this, we're going to be looking at the uh, Gospel of John, and it's going to be John chapter 6, verses 60 through 69. You can follow along on the screen as the words are displayed or read your personal Bible as I read it aloud, so I invite you to stand as you're able in body and spirit in honor of the reading of the Gospel. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who were the ones who did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Now, because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. And so Jesus asked the twelve, Do you wish to go away? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks to God. You may be seated. So some of you that know me really, really well know that I have a little bit of some OCD tendencies. Where are my OCD friends out there? How many of y'all got something that you just really, really like to control? Yeah, there's always something out there that we've got people. I see y'all point Yeah, huh? Um, we all have those people or we ourselves have these things that we typically like to control. We can put a little OCD about. Um, one of the things that I like to do is that if I'm the last one to leave the house, I always Make the bed. Always make the bed. Now, it's not the full, let's throw the, the decorative cushions on there and all that. It's just basically get the bed sheet, tuck it in, get the comforter, put the sleeping pillows on top. That's the bare minimum. That's the bare minimum. You know why people like to make the bed or why they say it's a good thing to make the bed? No, it's not so nice to come home to like a made bed. But if nothing else goes your way the rest of the day you accomplished absolutely nothing, at least you made your bed. They said that should be the first thing you should do to fill at least one thing of accomplishment. And if you feel like you accomplished one thing, it motivates you to go and accomplish another thing. you know. And it's just supposed to snowball or whatever, according to John Tesh, who I listened to for all my life advice on Mix 98. But, you know, we all have these things that we like to be a little OCD about. Tim, whenever our choir director, whenever he walks by my office... And he sees that my desk is completely cleared and stacked nice and neat. He just goes, oh boy, we're in trouble. Because he knows that when I get stressed and things are going out of control, I stop. I'm like, I'm going to organize my desk. That's going to make me feel a lot better. And then so he knows my desk is organized. Something's up. Something is up. But we all have these things. I have my little quirks. We all have these things. As Kate said, we all have to make decisions in life. And so we have things that we make decisions on what we try to control. Okay? Because controlling things for us can give you a sense of security. That you're in charge of your destination. That you, nothing will go wrong because you've got it. You control it. And normally we get that way when we get stressed. We get stressed. And so today we're going to look at that and look at some of the things that are happening here in this passage. Uh, For stewardship, we looked at on the first Sunday on how church works and how we need our volunteers in this church to make sure all of our missions and worships and things of that nature take place because we can't do it just based off of your pastors. You just can't. It needs you. The next Sunday we looked at our facilities and how those things work and what it takes to maintain your facilities and how they are actually used to make disciples of Christ. Then we looked at our younger generation, our children and our youth and how important they are and what's going on in those ministries and how we need your help in those ministries to raise the next generation. And then last Sunday we looked at outreach missions and how we do that here at St. Matthew's and how well we do that here and all of our ministries and some components has some form of outreach and we do outreach within our community within our state within our country and internationally here at St. Matthew's and it takes your buy-in buying chicken dinners and also it takes your energies and your abilities to do these things so today we're going to look at now how church works how your money is important Preachers really don't like to preach about money because it's a touchy subject. But it is something that is necessary in the life of the church. Tithing is mentioned all throughout scriptures, even back in the Old Testament days because it took money to do ministry. It just does. It takes the community's resources. It really does. And we have a lot that goes on at St. Matthew's. This building and these buildings, if you remember, they're used seven days a week. There's not a day where this building is not having lights turned on, water used, ACs used, every day of the week, 365, okay? This building is used, and it takes resources to keep it up. So when we're looking here at this passage, knowing all of what we've been talking about, what is going on with Jesus and his disciples here? There is obviously some conflict going on. There's obviously something behind the scenes that's happening. Well, leading up to this scene here, Jesus will be traveling to the lake to Capernaum, okay? And so then he goes and he just fed the masses. He just fed the 5,000. He just fed the people. They're following him, going to Capernaum. And then on the shores of Capernaum, he gets to a synagogue to teach. So he's had this massive following now of the 12 and other disciples. You know, you have the core group of disciples, but as you read Scripture, more people start coming on and following this radical rabbi and what he was teaching. So you had other disciples on the outer layers, and then you had just the groups of spectators that followed him. So you had a large following, and here he goes, journeying, now he's on the shores of Capernaum, goes to a synagogue to preach. And this is what he says. Before you get to the saints, he said, All right, everybody, you've been following me. I have fed you food fishes and loaves you've physically been fed but now my body will be what you need to eat next i will be what you will need i can give you what you need for eternal life eat my flesh and the crowds were like did he just say that did he just say that we need to eat him literally what happened to fishes and loaves We're like that eternal life i was hungry i wanted to be entertained But now he's going to stop all that and just say, hey, consume me and that's all that you're going to need? And that's where we get to this point here. That's the conflict. That's the confusion. That's the difficult piece that we're getting to here with the disciples. You've got all these people and they're like, hold up. This ain't what I signed up for. I know you can do more magic tricks. I know you can make more food out of thin air. You know, that's how um, kings ruled over their people is that they, they could feed them. You know, and that's how they punish them, is they hold back on feeding them. And so here Jesus is like, I'm not going to give you any more, you know, fishes and loaves. Eat me, consume me. And that's when it says here in verse 60s, when many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept this? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Well, does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man coming from where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh, the material is useless. So he's trying to tell them, look, the material is useless in this world. That's not what's going to give you eternal life. There's a spirit that will give you eternal life. He said, the words I've spoken to you are spirit and life, and among you there are some that who do not believe. And for Jesus knew from the beginning who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. He knew that folks were going to reject this message. It was difficult to understand. It was unclean, offensive to the masses. It's not what they wanted to hear. And you know, a lot of times, sadly, we see that with churches. We see that with churches. Folks will go to church as long as they're entertained, as long as they like the food, as long as they feel comfortable, as long as it, as long as it serves them. You know? We see that. And when it stops or changes, they go to another church. They go somewhere else. Or they just stop coming altogether. We see that. Because it's difficult. Because church is not necessarily about us. Yes, we're a part of it. But it's bigger than us. It's about something greater than us. And so it is a little offensive that we have to say, Well, you know what? This doesn't serve me. But yet, i got to put myself behind put some others in front or God in front and some people get offended by that they like to be number one in their own life they like to be able to control things and do things their way and so this is difficult and even Jesus knew not only will there be some in this larger group that don't believe him and walk away he even knew that within his core group of 12 even even one of those would betray him it was the money man Judas the guy that handled the money. Probably the most trusted person. You want the person that handles your money or the operation to be the most trusted person there. And the trusted person out of the 12 would be the one to betray Jesus. But yet he, Jesus, still continued on. And then when you get down to the point in verse 65 and he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father... Because of this, many disciples turned their back and no longer went about with him. They left him. They left him. They weren't willing to give up their own needs and desires and buy into this message that Jesus was telling them. They didn't. They left. And he knew this. And it is hard. It is hard when people leave. You want people to stick around. But you also have to think about at what cost and what commitment. I mean, this whole month we're talking about how much we need commitment from everybody. All the people, all the resources to do God's work. It's not easy. It's hard. You have to make sacrifices. Sometimes they're not fun. That's why they're called sacrifices. But you do it for a greater cause. You do it, not for you, but for some other, someone else. Now, the disciples that stuck around were the 12. So Jesus asked the 12, do you also wish to go away? Here's your chance. Go back to your normal lives. Go back to fishing and tax collecting, plotting to overthrow the Roman government. Go back to the lives you had, before you followed me this is your chance do you also wish to go away and they made a choice life is full of choices easy ones hard ones and when you ignore making a choice that's a choice simon peter the rock he said this lord to whom can we go You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. In that moment, we see that Simon Peter recognized that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is the one they want to follow despite the difficulties of following him. They chose him. As he has chosen all of us. Because when Jesus went to the cross, he didn't go to the cross for his mama or the 12. He went to the cross for each person in this room. And then for each person outside of this room. He had a choice. He could have said, no, the human race is too flawed. We're just going to wipe it clean and we're going to start over. But he decided to fix what was broken. And praise God that he did. Far too often in our own personal lives, it's easier for us to throw something away and buy it new, right? Many of us are not fixers. I attempt to fix, but I'm told I'm not a good one. We're so easy to throw something away and buy new But praise the Lord, Jesus was not. He decided to fix us by going to the cross. And so we see in this scene, the 12 chose him. And from there on, they continued. They continued on in ministry. They continued on to where we are today in this moment. Even though the larger crowd fell away... These people decided to give up control of their own life, which is really scary to do, to go follow this person who's risky, who will take them to risky places for the name of God. They gave up control, and that is hard, that is hard. And so as we reflect today on this and what we need to get from this today is what are some of the things that we are trying to control in our lives that we need to release? You know, money's real easy to kind of budget and control and things of that nature. I get the nickname Budget Brian, okay? And so it's real easy to say, I'm gonna put this here, put this here, save this here, invest this here. I'm gonna control every little bit of my life. Every bit of my finances, I'm going to control that. Money is real easy to control. But at this church, it takes money to operate. As I said, I'll give you some numbers. I'm a numbers guy. I think it's fun. It's very telling. Our church has a large budget to say over a million dollars to keep things going. That's just to keep things going bare minimum, over a million dollars. Forty-five people give 50% of that budget. Forty-five people. Then 300 people give the remaining 50%. So that 45 is larger contributions. And then there's 300 smaller contributions. We have 1,500 giving units here. So that is 1,155 potential giving units that we don't have a record of. That we don't have a record of. Okay? No, I don't look at names. I don't care to know names. I just look at stats. So, numbers-wise... If we all committed, if those individuals, that 1,155 giving units, all gave $20 a month, you'd have an additional quarter million dollars that you can use for ministry. If just $20 a month, put a 20 in the plate every month. You know what we can do for a quarter million dollars? Ellen, we can take two mission trips and pay for it completely. You can, we can build, we can, yeah, we can start making, we can do a lot of buildings. Every year we've got an extra quarter million dollars. Jason, we can do a lot with youth with that. Kate, you got your list ready? There is so much we can do in our ministries with an extra, just quarter million dollars. Everybody put a 20 in the plate. But yet, for some reason, it's hard. We want to control those things and not release it fully to the church and to God. Now I can tell you, everything that's given to this church is used for ministry. If we are using it as best as we can for ministry. And we do a lot. I and mean, we highlighted that all month long. We've, we do a lot. And I don't tell you these things to make you feel guilty. But just to make you realize that if you're not buying in financially, just a little bit, it takes a little step to get there. It does. When Laura Beth and I got married, golly, we didn't have any money. We were in college and married. But it took little steps. given to the church. Increase it every year. Increase it every year. It's increase it every year. Just little steps. And before you know it, ministries will begin to pop up. We'll be able to do more things with that. Use it for good. Reach hurting people. Service our community. And so what we need to look upon our lives is what are some things that we're trying to control and what we need to release. And live in the full joy of Jesus Christ. Have full faith in him. Give our full lives to him and let his spirit run free. So as we close out today in the last song, we're going to be passing around the offering plates. If you feel ready to make your commitment and write it on that car and seal it up, put it in there. But if you're not ready yet, go home pray about it. Bring it next Sunday. Bring it to church on Wednesday. We'll still take it all year round. We want you to prayerfully consider what you want to support and how to support St. Matthew's this year. And so in our last song, as the plates go around, put those in there. If you have an actual offering or tithe, put that in there. If you signed in, put your sign-in sheets in there, okay? But may we reflect upon those things that we try to control and may we release that this week as we worship our God. Let's pray.